Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. Welcome, everybody. Tapes and Scouts is what you're listening to. That's right. But not watching. Not this time. No, we don't let you watch this one. No, that's not what we're about this time. No, this is leisure shoot episode, so we're wearing leisure suits and you can't see that. You know, that's true. You can't see it. And also, this it's a shame, really, uh, to deprive them of this because I feel like this is the sexiest we're ever going to look. It is. Like, I'm looking at you. You look dapper. I mean, we're all that, put together. That's what we talked about this. When right. the ascots come on, it's mm-hmm. for our eyes only. That's true. We only do this for our entertainment. We don't give a shit about these people listening. No, it's not about them. No. Never has been. No, not until they rate and review us enough that we can actually review movies as critics on Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. So get the fuck with it, people, and you can see this Ascot in action. Oh, man, Ascot's in action. Ascot's in action. That is definitely our next movie title. (laughs) From the people who brought you Laser Voice. (laughs) Ascot's in action. Oh. (laughs) I did a motion, though went with that they did it, that motion had a mustache it you did. missed it yes. mm. movies movies i did too and you did too yeah i don't end well i'll let you go first then. all right then that sounds fun well i'm gonna start with a movie i know you and i both like i like that yeah it's from 1995 i like that yeah it's lord of illusion oh i love this movie yeah. yes there it is great movie I watched this on June 4th, 2023. It's an hour 49 horror mystery thriller directed by Clive Barker. The one and only. That's right. Starring the Scott Bakula. The one and only. Yes. Yeah. Very ripped in this. He is. It's a good Bakula. Yep. I just kept telling my wife the whole time we watched this. It's a good Bakula. I don't know what that means. Straight up Scott Abula in this one. Yes, he is. Yeah. Also starring Kevin J. O'Connor and Famke Jensen. When you get through this, we got to stop and gush over Kevin J. O'Connor in this movie because god damn does he bring it. He sure does. But before that, IMDb movie summary, a private detective gets more than he bargains for when he enters, when he encounters, he doesn't enter him. Oh, he enters, buddy. (laughs) Well, sure. When he enters Philip Swan, (laughs) a performer (laughs) who's amazing... You know what? I almost rewrote this because I said that looks like enters. I'm not going to screw this up. And here we are. I love it. Yeah, no. Encounters Philip Swan, a performer whose amazing illusions captivate the world. But they are not really what everyone thinks. No, they're not. No. Uh, This movie is really cool. If you know Clive Barker, he's done all the Hellraiser stuff. He's written a lot of horror books. And he's had a lot of that adapted into TV and movies. Absolutely. Well, like Nightbreed and... Nightbreed. You did Midnight meat train yes uh books of blood i did yeah so we've done we've covered some barker on this podcast yeah a handful uh just weird creepy monstery spooky things usually a little pervy that's clive barker usually <laughs> yeah 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 you know he, he likes what he likes he does but this is basically a movie about a weird demonic presence you get Right off the bat, you get the history. You're like, okay, demon's real. We've, we've, that's the opening scene. Yep. Demon's real. And this one guy, Philip Swan, is mixed up in it. Yep. And he is able to stop a demon. And, and then it goes many years later where he is basically working the Vegas strip. He's like, you know, an illusionist. He's, he's Chris Angel. Yep. You know, and, uh, he's very successful on the other side of the world. I think in New York. 
That's the other side of the world from Vegas, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. The Bacula is a the private Bacula. detective who yeah. has experience with cases involving paranormal, and nobody believes him. Yes. So he's yeah. very sensitive to things that are paranormal, which makes this a lot of fun. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't even know if I believe it, but I, I can't deny something weird has happened on a bunch of these cases. Yep. So it's something where he is asked to go out and investigate this case, just kind of gather some information. And he realizes rather quickly things are weird. It feels like a normal noir movie for a lot of it. Yes. And then it's just creepy, weird, demonic shit for the rest of it. Yeah. Kind of bookend by it, I'd say. It's really this cool intersection of you have the legitimate supernatural part the movie's trying to introduce with the, was it Harry Lamore, right, is his name? I think so. Lamore, Lamore, something like that. And then you have the magical, like, illusion, like, magician stage stuff. And then you have the actual, factual, like, demonic, evil, hell magic that is all spawning from this and that Kevin J. O'Connor's character kind of liberally uses doses of in his performances. It's really, really interesting because it keeps you guessing throughout most of it because the demonic characters, they have minions that are still active and they're trying to bring them back. Mm -hmm. So they're interfering with the magic show in a way. Yes. And he, you're like, is this illusion real? And he ends up getting hurt, probably dying during an illusion, Philip Swan. So yep. the whole thing is, is it a real illusion? Were, did the demons murder him? Yes. Did he fake it? Like, Because he is so good, you don't know. And he's also very sensitive to the demonic side of things. So like, does he have powers? Right. There's so many different elements going the yes. whole time. And they give you pieces of it, and you're like, even when you think you know, you're still not like convinced, which is the fun part of this, I, I agree. think. It is Harry Damore, I love. Damore, okay. Yes, and the evil, um, like, conduit of the demon or the, the human presence is Nyx, which I also couldn't remember. Right, Nyx was the Nyx, name. yeah. Yep. Very, uh, very scary portrayal. Yes. Oh, it's Goodness. Awesome, awesome portrayal of that character. Right, because he's largely cult leader. It's yes. very cult leader vibes it's the just, whole time. You feel like they could be brainwashed until the movie kind of reveals, like, it kind of flops the cards on the table and goes, okay, no, this is legit. Like, there right. is actually actual supernatural evil hell magic right as they start confirming things as they put the cards down like you said now you're like oh shit well now what because now we we've got definitive answers you know three quarters of this movie Mm -hmm. so now what exactly it's a very fun ride and i love this movie i think i've always loved this one um a couple things that are really cool about this movie. A, Kevin J. O'Connor is so good in this movie. He is so, he does such a good job of being like completely like tormented mm-hmm. and like not in love with the fact he does what he does. Like he's kind of repulsed by it, but he doesn't know how else to do anything. So he's right. just kind of stuck being this like lame sort of user of magic, but just enough so to not, you know what I mean, do anything too damning. Like kind of just like, a sellout a little bit where it's like he hasn't just I've moved on from that but not completely I'm exploiting it which is awesome Yeah, you have the baggage that the Scott Bakula character brings to it which is awesome and then you have the really crazy direction from Clive Barker there are some effects in this that are completely insane right there's a handful that aren't good but most of them are all the practical stuff is great they they experimented with some bad CG at a point yes but aside from that I really like the camera work because it's awesome there's a couple like almost chase 
scenes through buildings. And I'm like, I feel uncomfortable. Yes. I feel like the camera has zoomed in to the middle of all this shit happening. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to come from either side. There's a great gag where um, Barker really wanted like things to come out of a skull. So it's like at the end with the Nick stuff, he wanted like things to come out and start to kind of like rebuild. And he was like, it always looks so fake. You guys need to come up with something better than that. And Steve Johnson was like, sure. Are you, like what? Like, you know what I mean? Like pseudo insulted, like really? It's always fake. Well, that's why you're here. Like, come on. So there's like this arrogance because he was a big ego back then. Sure. And so they kind of got into a bit of a tiff, but he's like, I'll show you something awesome. And they created this concept that's super simple. You take just a trash bag, but it's like the ones that kind of make the loud crinkly sound. Okay. And you can take a hot knife, like a hot exacto knife, and you can cut lines in them and make shapes or designs. Mm. And so what they did is they created all these those weird like polyagonal like sharp tendrils that come out of the skull in the beginning. And those were actually in the skull as flat trash bags. And then they could introduce air and film and goo into mm. them and make them expand like literally out. You can flatten them down to nothing because it's just an empty little tiny Bad. trash can. And I've done that effect before and it is very convincing and gross and like gory it looks really cool and the fact that you can go out of seemingly nowhere you can expand this thing like a balloon that's gigantic you're like what where was that is like such a cool effect yeah thank you lord of illusions yeah awesome did they invent that or they like they created that for that particular film how cool is that yeah see max that's why we podcast yeah really you know all the stuff i don't (sighs) i know a lot about effects that's mm-hmm. for sure. Got that encyclopedic knowledge of nerdy effects stuff. There it is. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I like this movie a bunch. Me too. I, I hope I scored it high enough for you. I hope so. I mean, it's not like, I'm not going <laughs> to, it's not going to be Black Dynamite. We'll put it okay, that Okay. You're not going to reach over and punch me? I won't. Again? Not this time. Okay. Uh, IMDB gave this a 6.0 out of 10. A little low. The critics at Rotten Tomatoes, 26 of them have gone back. Okay. 58%. Low, low. The audience at Rotten Tomatoes, 10,000 plus, good amount of people for yeah. this. Yeah. 52%. A little too low. The wife gave it a six. Okay. A little too low. I gave it a seven. That's about where I'm at on it. Yeah. I think a seven is the correct. Seven, seven and a half is where I'd probably be. Because it's not perfect. But oh, it is far from so it. much fun. But can we call, I want to call it the moment too where he traps, where Nick traps all his minions in the mud. Yes. yes. Oh my that's God. That's a great scene. Yeah, it's such a good, there's, and that's, at the end of the day, the reason it's not higher is because the movie really becomes this moments. Right. Because like you said, there's a lot of stuff that's like either a little too long or a little like not carry or a little looks pretty bad. Right. And like, and there's also a lot of drama with Famke Jensen, Jansen, yeah. which I didn't get into, but like. No, it doesn't work. It's fine in smaller doses. It would it have is. it would have done what they wanted to. They do. could have played it a little bit farther back. I agree. I agree. Awesome. So what you got? I have a movie from 2022. Okay. Puss in Boots 2. <gasps> The Last Wish. Oh, man. Yes. I watched Puss in Boots 1 to review this movie specifically, and it came to streaming, so I was able to do it. This is exciting. Yes. Watch this June 8th, 2023. It is one hour and 40 minutes. It is an adventure comedy film directed by Joel Crawford, starring Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, Harvey Gullion? Uh, the Gullion. Gullion? I'm Gullion. sorry, Harvey. Your summary here. Puss in Boots discovers that his passion for adventure has taken its toll when he learns that he has burnt eight of his nine lives. So Puss sets out on an epic journey to find the mythical last wish and restore his nine lives. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so he has okay. to find this. He has to find this essentially a star to wish back his nine lives because now he's like, oh God, like I got to go back. And like they do a great little montage of like how he lost some of his lives in absurd ways or just like, you're an ass. 
Right. It's so, so clever. So I know I told you that I've heard things mm-hmm. that would make you, makes it seem like this movie would be Paddington levels. Right. That good. was the hope. That was the hope. This movie is Paddington levels oh, of good. Oh, yeah. It's such a strong movie. It's a beautiful meditation on life and death and prioritizing things that matter and ta- re- like taking time to enjoy what you have. There's a great sub-theme of Goldilocks and the Three Bears that's all about your family, whether it's your like found family or your real family and how those bonds can be just as strong. Like, holy shit, did this come out of nowhere. It's huh. so haunting and... And lovely and the stakes are really high for Puss in Boots. Like, it's awesome. They have this wolf character that is absolutely terrifying through the whole thing. It's really? like he's trying to escape this wolf bounty hunter. And like, I mean, like, he like goes to like duel with this wolf, and this wolf just rips him a new ass and lets him run away and like mocks him and like slowly chases him throughout the movie and no matter what he does he can't stop the wolf even in places it's like no but the magic of this place you shouldn't be able to be here and the wolf's just like seriously you haven't figured out who i am yet and the wolf is actually death oh wow that's so good so good oh it's so good it's so lovely it's so haunting like i was blown away by how thoughtful it was and not like in the shrek like i'm gonna make jokes that shoot over kids heads but it's just themes that are tied so beautifully into the plot that it's like holy shit we really can make good movies when we try and who would have expected it from puss in boots 2 yeah, a spinoff is... of Shrek 500 or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's so watered down. This movie, by all rights, should be direct to whatever media you choose garbage, whole crap that's just a cash grab. And it is the exact opposite. Wow, that is so good to hear. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome movie. Cannot recommend it. This is a good one to watch with the daughter if you get a chance. If you're looking oh, for nice. a rewind, this is, and you don't need really any context. You know Puss in Boots, right? Right. Like, it's not hard. You, three seconds, you understand the character. You do not need to watch the first it's one. It's just Antonio Banderas. It's Antonio Banderas as a cat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all it. it is. That's all it is. That's all I need to know. That's it. You're good to go. If you've seen Shrek, you're good. You have more than enough right. Puss in Boots knowledge to go on. But yeah, awesome awesome movie totally worth your time kids movies that start with a p yeah that's what it is pretty wild yeah see that starts with a p imdb 7.9 out of 10 rotten tomatoes critics 191 critics 95 percent wow audience score 5,000 plus 94 percent whoa i give it a nine and a half out of ten that is awesome awesome I love it. Yeah. I was hoping for that. And you got it. It's yeah. so good. So that put is that between the two Paddingtons? It's on the yeah, it is because I believe Paddington two got a nine point oh and or it was a nine point five. So it's either tied or just above Paddington two is not punching in Paddington one's weight class because sure. I didn't tear up, but it was very lovely. That is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm movie. so happy that that worked out that way. It's really good. I think you would be blown away with it for sure. Like I'll, it's, you would appreciate it a good deal. I'll definitely get that on a rewind eventually. Then that's good. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I was sad that this was so bad. Oh, I watched this with Cliff and Olivia. Okay. This has Cliff and Olivia scores. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, again, a movie we did not do the first one of. Okay. But we did do the sequel on this program before. I love that. It's Darkman 3. Ah. Die, Darkman, die. Indeed. Yeah. 1996. Mm-hmm. Hi, Cliff and Olivia. 1996. <laughs> we, watch, we watch this on the 8th of June, 2023. It stars Jeff Fahey, Arnold Voslow, and Darlene Flugel? Flugel. I'm going to go with Flugel. Flugel. You're... 
IMDb Movie Summary. When he double-crosses a drug kingpin, Darkman must free himself of his remote control clutches. <laughs> That's not wrong. It's... Yeah. Not wrong. Yeah. So, the I mean, come on. We all know I love the original Darkman. Yes. It is a fun movie. A good movie. It is. The sequel, not so much. A little bit of a miss. This one, way more of a miss, yeah. I feel. That's fair. Even with the second one having the unexplainable resurrection of the character, the villain that was killed in the first one. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Fahey, I believe, is the bad guy. He is way over the top. Yeah. And, like, melodramatic, just no fun. Right. Absolutely no fun. He, I think, did good when he was playing, because, of course, Darkman's going to pretend he's him at some point. Yes. Those moments were really cool. He yep. has, like, a cool moment with the villain's daughter. Just like, oh, he's just being a good dad. Yeah. As, like, I'm like, this is fun. Like, you could have, there's actually a plot here. You could have actually made, if you gave half a shit. But right. this was, like, straight to VHS back in the day. It was. It's just really awful. That sucks. It's um, Darkman just going around on the train systems, very Punisher Warzone style, just okay. like going through the subways. He has almost perfected his mask formula. Yep. And uh, he is confronted by people who want to help him. Of course, they're evil. Of course, they turn on him. Of course. And of course, they want his technology. Yep. Everything that can go wrong goes wrong. It's kind of blah. It's the same old shit right there's no yeah there's no furthering of the characters there's no furthering of ideas beyond just let's just do that dark man thing again because i like the way i mean and don't get me wrong if i were if i had the chance to direct a sam raimi movie in the sam raimi style i would be excited to do it for sure but not bringing something beyond what it was i mean like sam raimi kind of famous for doing evil dead and then essentially the same movie again in evil dead 2 just with a bigger budget but even then, he took swings at every budget. I feel like like Rodriguez had that ability to kind of test the budgets, where it's like, you made this for how much? It looks like it's 10 times more expensive. That's what Raimi had the gift to do as well. And I feel like the fact that we took these movies that are just fun, his version of like these pulp noir style, you know what I mean? Like The Shadow and right. Doc Savage. These like kind of like, um, what's the word? Not pulp, but close to that. Oh man, hard-boiled style characters and make something interesting and fun. And it's like, you can kind of swing as big as you want. Like if you watch the first Dark Man, it's absurd, yeah. but it's an amazing absurd. And they just choose to not do that in either sequel, in my opinion. I agree. It's still a fun watch just because it's Dark Man. But like you said, the novelty wears off a little too quick, especially in this one. So quick. The villains don't do things that make sense. The interactions between the characters are lame. When you get a good moment, it's just too quick and too fleeting. And it's just like, all right, well, I don't even care if Dark Man makes it out of this movie. <laughs> Pretty much. And I the remote you. control is absolutely, absolutely silly. Yep. They they put a a thing in his head and they remote control his just they remote control him. It is so stupid. It is really stupid. It's pretty dumb. They could have went for like you said. Even if you didn't make a good movie, you could have made a cool movie, and they even failed to do that. Right. Which I feel like the second one did better at. Agreed. So we don't. Uh, sadly, sadly, we're talking about Dark Man, and we don't have to be here anymore. Right. Yeah. Never, never dark, never die, Dark Man. Die. No. Just, no. But we did it. We did it, Cliff. We did it, Olivia. You guys did it. You suffered through it. We done did it. Now we get to play the game where Max gets to guess who liked this movie the best. Okay. The three of us. I like so that. Let's first do IMDb. They gave this a 4.7. Okay. The critics at Rotten Tomatoes, six of them went back for this. That's surprising. This. 
33%. Okay. The audience, 5,000 plus, gave this 21%. Oh, boy. So between myself, Cliff, and Olivia, who do you think liked it the most? I'm going to go with, this is a toughie. It is. It is a toughie. It's not you. I'm certain if it's not you. Okay. I think I'm just, so the reason I'm hemming and hauling is because Cliff is such a forgiving soul. Right. I mean, he's known us for how long and he still chooses to hang out with us. I mean, yeah. Olivia had no expectations going into this, probably other than she thought it would be bad, which is why you guys were forcing her to watch it. So she might have been slightly pleasantly surprised. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. This is what's going through my brain. Right. So I'm hemming and hauling here, but I'm going to go with... Cliff. You think Cliff liked it the most? I think Cliff liked it the most. Cliff, I don't know if you remember this, but you did like this the most. Yes. You did. I gave this a three. Okay. Olivia also gave this a three. Okay. And Cliff, that generous fellow, gave it a three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty devi- that's pretty decisive. It really is. Like, that movie speaks no volumes. Good. That sucks. N- no good. That's okay. I'll help you out. Please do. 1977. It's okay. not Star Wars. Okay. Um, it is, in fact, the Rankin and Bass Hobbit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Got Very another cool. animated here. It is uh, 618 of 23 when I watched this movie. It is the perfect runtime of one hour and 30 minutes so you know it's good it's a fantasy film directed by Rankin and Bass damn right starring Orson Bean John Huston and Richard Boone and the summary is it's an animated adaptation of The Hobbit is that really it? <laughs> and an, the real one is an animated adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's tale of the adventures of a hobbit on a quest to regain the Dwarf King's gold wow that's so, yeah, a little better yeah spicy if you haven't read The Hobbit I guess but what's the max version of this? Oh, uh, it's The Hobbit <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, it's, it's this movie so perfectly encapsulates the way that it seems like people viewed fantasy in all media in the 70s. This feels like Dungeons and Dragons, like the early artwork for Dungeons and Dragons, but done in like a very kid-friendly way. It's got gorgeous little backgrounds in it. Like they really took all this time to make it look, the setting look lovely, and the characters are all endearing and ridiculous. Did they do hand-painted backgrounds? Yes. Yeah, like watercolor, like gorgeous watercolors. It was awesome to look at. And the the soundtrack is epic. Just this lovely guy belting his heart out about what's going on in this movie. So in case you need like a montage where things happen, just got a little story and song for you while you just look at gorgeous backgrounds and like it's go. different colors now. So, you know, the seasons have changed. Oh. It's just lovely. It it's is lovely. It's such a fun little ride. It just feels like this snapshot in time to me of the 70s and how it's like during the 70s, everything had this very particular look. Like he had the Ralph Bakshi stuff. Like he'll do the Lord of the Rings a little later on, but he was still doing like this kind of fantasy stuff and a lot of this Frazetta stuff and everything. And it's like all of it just kind of like, it's like, how did everybody come to a quiet consensus completely separately that this is how fantasy should look in the 70s? I don't know if it was that or everybody's like, that shit's so good we need to do that I guess too. and then the 80s it kind of changed right with right. Conan and then it became like this is how sword and sorcery movies look in live action but they all look like you like if you watched Beastmaster right. and then Conan and then like Crawl you'd be like were these all like made in the same place like did they just make these back to back to back they all look the same right it's pretty wild how it's like we're all gonna make this gel so cohesively across multiple different mediums so yeah it's like this beautiful snapshot but it's such a fun little watch like it's hard to argue it's Rankin and Bass it's not a Christmas thing, so right. I'm in for multiple reasons. <laughs> IMDb is a 6.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 17 critics, went back and reviewed it to 71%. Okay. 
audience, 50,000 plus went back to watch this bad boy. Nice. 65%. Hmm. And I'm coming in a touch higher than everybody because it just rubs me the right way. 7.5 out of 10. That's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. That sounds right. I'm not surprised IMDb did their 6.7 nonsense again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They love that. They can't not do it. Stupid 6. Stupid 7.